Unqualified and Unafraid podcast. My name is Jess and I'm a film student, creative and media nerd here to talk about things I'm not qualified to talk about. So welcome to the second part of our episode, Quarantine Content. I'm joined with Talia Jamison and we're talking about our favourite TV shows and films. If you haven't already listened to the first part, definitely listen to it because we talk about some really amazing TV shows um, and also you'll get to learn a lot more about Talia in that episode and get more of a perspective on where she's coming from and her experience being a first year as a VCA theatre student. There also might be sometimes where we mention things that we've already talked about in the first part so definitely listen to that beforehand. So yeah, we're going on to films now. Probably a lot of these that we might say you may have seen, but you could pick up some new ones. Shall I start? Or would you like to start? Um, you start. Okay. <laughs> this <laughs> is really controversial. Ooh. It is. It okay. really is. I'm excited. Um, not in a political way, but in a... Is this oh, a bad film or oh, this is a good film? Okay. It's a series of films. They are quite excellent. Is it Final Step Up? Nope. <laughs> Step Up. Final Destination. Never heard of it. They are pieces of artwork. Um, they are pretty much like early 90s they're filmed, um, leading into the early 2000s. And they, if you outlive death it will eventually catch up on you. Oh. So pretty much in the char- in the film, these characters will... There'll be one character who sees the future mm-hmm. and captures, like, the vision of what's going to happen. And usually it's, like, a terrible death. So they've seen everything that's about to happen, so mm-hmm. they stop their friends from going to the trailer park where this is going to happen. Yeah. And because they've changed the course of death throughout the film, these people die in these really, really absurd ways. So it's like, it's not scary, it's like really badly done. It's like that um, TV show, like, A Thousand Ways to Die. It's just like really funny and really poorly made, some of it, but it's excellent. And like, if I could watch them all again, I would. Because first movie and last movie link up and it just all... Oh, okay. It's great. So it's like shit, but it's great. It's controversial because it's like really shit. And the editing of it is... Mm really questionable okay. but I think they're fantastic well I'm gonna start with my what I would call my favorite movie mm-hmm. ever but you know I say that but I find it obviously really hard to choose because you like different films for different reasons but 20th century women haven't seen that it's on Netflix mm-hmm. and it's directed by Mike Mills Greta Gerwig is in it okay. she acts in it um, which is cool. Okay. It's based in 1979 mm-hmm. and it follows a woman named Dorothea mm-hmm. who is played by Annette Benning, and she is amazing in it. Um, her son is a teenage boy and... Oh, oh she's so- the mum in American Beauty. Yeah. Is she? Yeah. It's a lot about um the time that it's set in, so it's mm-hmm. very, like contextual I guess you would say so it's a lot about her coming to terms with the changing world in 1979 Mm -hmm. but also about um boyhood and and what it means to like uh be a man and raise a boy because Mm -hmm. she's a single mother they live together in a share house with uh a woman in her 20s and a man like a middle-aged man I think Mm -hmm. and um he his best friend um is also a girl so he has 
most of the influences in his life are female. It's a, it's really about their relationship as mother and son and mm. how she struggles to comprehend him getting older mm -hmm. and also the times that are changing. Okay. It's, that was a very convoluted description. <laughs> it's not just about them. It obviously follows the story as well of the people who live with them and their next door neighbour who is mm -hmm. his best friend. My next one is Cats. No, cats. I'm kidding. <laughs> no one likes that movie. Um, Gerald's Game, that is on Netflix, based <laughs> off of a Stephen King novel. Okay, so um, is this a scary movie? Yeah, oh, you might find it scary. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's pr pretty much like this wife and a husband, they... Whenever wait, someone we'll start starts again. telling me the plot of a scary movie, I always automatically get scared. <laughs> no, okay, yeah, so they go to a holiday house, they get kinky, and mm. she, they use handcuffs, and she, um, is handcuffed to the bed. He gets a heart attack and dies. And she can't do anything because she's handcuffed. And she's trapped to the bed. And it's, no, it's not scary. I already feel scared <laughs> for, like, no reason. I don't no, it's not scary. It's more of, like, um, how she gets out. Yeah. And um, it's not, like, creepy. It's actually a really, like, good production. It's, like, it's sort of um, a similar production to Get Out. There's a dog which becomes important in it. So. Okay. Yeah. All of you dog lovers out there, this movie well, is for you. The dog but is maybe not, not good, but oh, yeah. it's a, all of you cat lovers out there. <laughs> <laughs> <Cats>. <laughs> well, quickly, whilst we're on Gerald's game, I do want to quickly go to Hereditary. Great film. Okay. If you haven't seen it, nope. Well, then you need I don't to. watch anything remotely to. scary. I'm not watching it. It's, it's not scary. I know that there's a tree and a girl with a deformed face. You. And a tree. But, and Tony Collette, so that's awesome. You need to get Too out scary. of the scary. But, you know, and like Midsummer, like I really want to watch oh, Midsummer, but yeah. I can't because I'll just, I'll think about it for the next watch three months every time I go to bed. With the sun out. I'll still think about popcorn. it later when it's dark, though. That's the thing, like, I can watch it anytime, but it's. It's my mind. Mm. I remember, remember like Blockbuster and all that? Yeah. Every Friday night we would get a movie. Yeah. And I don't know why I did this to myself, but I'd sneak down the scary aisle. And look at the covers. And look at the covers. Yes. And there was this one, I think it's called Sphinx, the movie yeah. or something. And it's this <laughs> big, this big alien thing with this tail and it's bald. Yeah. And I still, to this day, when I'm walking down the hallway to my bedroom and I turn the lights off, think I of look behind myself and think of it. And I was like seven and I don't know why I do that because then I run down the hallway and quickly yeah. close the door. This is me all the time. Like anything scary, this is what I think about. And I have so many things like that when I was, things that I imagine still from when I was little as well. Yeah. And it's creepy and gross and no one wants that. So I don't know why it keeps coming up in yeah. my head. I'll talk about um, a documentary that I love. Mm -hmm. It's on Netflix and it's uh, created by Sandy Tan. It is called Shirkers. The premise of the movie, of the documentary is, uh, it's a documentary, but it's very narrative style. It's very entertaining. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of stuff unravels, um, and basically it tells the story of when she was 18 and her and her friends made a movie in Singapore in 1992, I think. Mm -hmm. So their friend, George, who is like 
uh, middle-aged, well, actually, they don't know his age. No one knows his age. So he's a man who runs their film club in Singapore, and he's American originally. Mm-hmm. And um, he's very elusive. Nobody knows how old he is. Like, people don't really know what his life story is. But they, they kind of look up to him, and he helps them make the film. But he he never gives them back the film. Mm-hmm. He directs it, but he he steals the film, like, mm-hmm. the actual physical film, mm-hmm. and they don't really hear from him, and it basically talks... Of, it basically follows Sandy um, in coming to terms with the fact that a film that she had put her heart and soul into, mm-hmm. never seeing the results of that, and they use real footage from the film in the documentary. She called him her best friend. He basically, like, haunts her for, like, the rest of her life, as in, like... She can't fathom, like, why he would do this to her. And mm-hmm. he and she actually ends up, like, going down this discovery of what his life actually was and mm-hmm. trying to, like, discover who he actually was compared to, like, what she saw him as when mm-hmm. she was 18. So it's wow. really okay. good. Yeah. It's, an, it's not, like, when you explain it, it doesn't necessarily sound like something really gripping, but mm-hmm. it is, which I think... Got, uh, shows the skill of like the filmmaking. These two films that I'm going to talk about, they were, I think, cultural eye-openers for me. Okay. Um, so the first one is Once Were Warriors, oh. which is um, a New Zealand film. Great film, made in 1994. Um, and yeah, exp- it explores the um, economic situation that they were in at the time, um, New Zealand and especially um, significant parts of um, Maori New Zealand yeah. and the cultures there, um, especially this family that um, there's domestic violence. It's it's um, quite confronting, as even for a ni- like 90s with what they show explicit-wise, yeah. but I think it's a really important movie to see. I think another one was that is Slumdog Millionaire. When I was like, I was very young when I saw that. And I think that was like my, like where I had like learnt the word corrupt. I could, and that's, it's a film that as much as it's can like confronting, it's like I could watch it over and over again. And I think that's like really special if you can watch those films over and over again. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. My next film is called Sing Street. It's also on Netflix. Mm -hmm. It's based in Dublin during the 80s when they're in the recession. Basically, this teenage boy, he moves to an all-boys school where it's it's very conservative. He discovers rock and roll kind of thing and he starts a band and he begins to push boundaries. He He's, like, there's one scene he wears, he wears makeup to school. He really, like, experiments with, like, self-expression. Mm-hmm. You know, the town that they're in is kind of depicted as this dead-end town. Mm-hmm. I find that this is actually quite similar to 20th Century Women, which I'm just noticing now because mm-hmm. it's very contextual to the time that it's set. But it's also a lot about boyhood and self-expression. There's a character in it who is his brother, and I think that his brother is probably my favourite character in the movie because I think a lot of the movie focuses on, like, having ambitions in a small town, in an economic situation, which seems really grim. His brother is kind of depicted as this stoner, but he's the one who introduces him to rock and roll. Mm -hmm. And we, as we go in the movie, like, we find out that his brother has more depth to his character and, like, we kind of see that the effects of the dead-end town, he, you know, he once had ambitions Mm -hmm. as well. Another film is I Am Sam. I don't know if you've seen that. 
um, Sean Penn and Dakota Fanning, but it's pretty okay. pretty much that Sean Penn has a um, mental disability, so he has like learning difficulties, and he um, has a daughter, and he's left at the hospital with his daughter, which is Dakota Fanning, mm-hmm. like born as yeah. a baby, and so he has to bring up his daughter, single dad, but she at the age of like four, she can read better than him. Oh and, wow! Um, at six she's teaching him to read and like Mm. then there's like a custody battle and all that stuff and everything um whether he's fit to be a parent but yeah I think that's a like Sean Penn's great in that um Mm. and I I think it was one of Dakota Fanning's like breakout roles as well yeah no it was really good I think she might be in 20th century women as well okay oh no is that her sister yeah maybe L Fanning yeah They look similar. I have a few movies, and they are some of my favourite movies, as basic as they are. Mm -hmm. And, like, I'm just going to come right out and say that (laughs) Clueless and 10 Things I Hate About You are amazing movies, and I love Mm -hmm. them. How do you... I want to know how you feel about those movies. I think I've seen... I've seen them, like, once. But they're good. I think they're a snapshot of the time. Yeah. Um... And, yeah, I think they're fun. Ten things I hate about you, kind of. Like, I actually think it explores some, like, deeper things than at first glance kind of thing. Yeah. What I love about both of the movies is that they both adapt really old texts Mm -hmm. to be set in In what what was modern times. So, as in, um, Ten Things I Hate About You is based on the Taming of the Shrew. By Shakespeare. Oh. Shakespeare's Taming so of the So the truth. same as, like, She's the Man is based yeah. on The Twelfth Night. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Clueless is based on the Jane Austen novel Emma. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so Emma, uh, um, the movie Emma has just come out in yeah. cinemas at the moment. Yeah. So Clueless is uh, basically the same storyline, but obviously changed a little bit. I'll firstly talk about Ten Things I Hate About You. So... I really like both of the sister characters. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I have a sister, so Mm -hmm. that probably helps. Um, But I also, when I was younger, I always thought that I would, I related more to the older sister, who's a bit more cynical and, Mm -hmm. like, feminist. Um, But then, um, as I watched it more recently, I discovered that there are different parts that I can actually relate to both sisters. And I think that's why I liked the movies so much for my whole life, because... I can relate to both of them in different ways. Mm-hmm. After I watched the watched it, I kind of thought, wow, those are just like the two <laughs> sides of my personalities in my brain. <laughs> I think it's like really clever just how they adapt an old text. And like, I really want to do that one day. Mm-hmm. I mentioned how all of the rom-coms that I like are always along the lines of they the girl is very independent and she mm-hmm. hates the man, man that she was in love with. And I Again. just realised that 10 things I hate about you yeah, <laughs> it's in the title and clueless. Um, like her and the stepbrother, they bicker and they yeah. don't like each other. And then they, <laughs> and then they fall bang. in love. This is a, I guess this is once again controversial. Mm-hmm. No, but um, Carnage by Roman Polanski. And is he in he... Once Upon a Time? Like in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, isn't mm-hmm. there a character? He the character is Roman yeah. Polanski. Um, Sharon Tate was his wife. Yeah. Um. But Roman Polanski is also a child molester. Oh. Yes, so he's wow. not a great not great. Not a great guy, but a good f- director does not mean that mm. 
Not at all. There's the age-old question. Can we separate the art from the artist? But Carnage is really good. Um, it's pretty much this. It's set. The whole movie is set in one apartment. So what happens at the start of the movie is um these two boys get in a fight, Mm -hmm. and um the parents of these two boys meet up at um one of the parents' apartments, and they're talking about how they can resolve the issue because one of the kids hit the um, other kid with a stick. So it's got um, Christoph Waltz, Kate Winslet, Jodie Foster, and um, John C. Riley. Okay. And yeah, they just um, bicker and like it's, it's things explode at certain times and like it's really great. It's amazing though. It stays in the one apartment and you're complete. It'd be great as a play. I mean, yeah. they probably have done it as a play, but it would be perfect as a play. I want to talk about the movie Never Let Me Go. Have Never you seen, seen it? That. And it's based on the novel by, now I don't know how to say this, um, Kazao Ishiguro. Ishiguro? Mm-hmm. Kazao Ishiguro. Okay, that's not how you say it. I'm just kind of realising that so many of my favourite movies are love, like, love stories. <laughs> but like, the things that I classify as my favourite movies are the things that I can easily watch again and again. Yeah. But um, Never Let Me Go is the premise of it is they are raised in this orphanage and they're raised up to be organ donors. So they don't actually have normal lives. Like, there's replicate, Like, they're basically clones of other people and they grow up as humans, like, in this orphanage. But then as they get older, they are just used as organ donors okay. and they die. Well, in the, like, in their 20s. 20s, yeah. It's, there's a main character, but it's... More like there's three friends, so there's two girls and a boy. It's a it's a love story, and it's one of those love stories where they both love each other, but it never happens. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And because of uh, I don't want to spoil it all, but like basically, she, her, and this boy when they're really young, mm-hmm. they um have a crush on each other kind of thing. But mm-hmm. then her best friend actually sees this happening, and she gets together with mm-hmm. the boy from a very young age, mm-hmm. and then they basically, like, their love story, like, these two characters are always in love, but they're never able to Mm -hmm. be together because of this friend. Yeah. I love the way that there's almost, like, a creepy element to some of it, Mm -hmm. and, like, there's scenes, some of my favourite scenes are when um, they use this song, it's called Never Let Me Go, (laughs) and it's, like, um, a classical kind of, like, very theatrical. There's, like, times when she, the character, is thinking about the boy that she loves but has had to repress, and then, like, she'll look in the doorway Mm -hmm. and the other girl is standing there because, like, and it's quite creepy, but it's, like, it's because, like, she knows that she loves him. And I like that because I like how, you know, love is an everyday thing. Like, Mm -hmm. being jealous is an everyday thing. But I really like how they kind of dramatise it like that in really subtle ways. Yeah. That sounds good. I'm presuming you haven't seen Parasite then. Yeah, I have. Oh, that wasn't too scary for you? No, no, that was not too scary. (laughs) Except for when he looks up the stairs. Oh, that was scary. I was like, nope, (laughs) nope. Wait, are you talking about when he sees the ghost? Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, just thinking about it. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. I watched it the second time and took so much more away from it. Yeah. I watched Yeah, I watched Like, I felt it stupid time. the first time because I was like, yeah. there's too much. Like, yeah. Um, should we talk, oh, should yeah. we rant about Parasite more? Yeah. But I think everyone Everyone's knows that's seen a it. masterpiece. Everyone's seen it. Everyone yeah. loves it. Next. Yeah. Thank you, next. <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to say, no. I can't believe I just quoted it. <laughs> 
Um, from Ariana Grande, we're now going to go to David Lynch. Um, Elephant Man. Have you seen that? No, but I've heard of it. Really good. Yeah. Um, I feel like such a normie. I haven't seen any of the ones. That no, it's really, it's like, oh, it's awesome. And like, um, I'd love to see it as a play though. Mm-hmm. I haven't, but I really think it's amazing. What does he say? I'm a human being! <laughs> you really went into character there. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, while we're quickly on this topic, I'm just going to sneak another one in here. Okay, yeah. Clockwork Orange. I read the book first, and I yeah. liked it. Reading the book was hard, but it was good. Mm-hmm. You, like, re- learn. You learn, like, the whole new language, because they speak in, like, this weird... Russian sort of slang. Oh, yeah, okay. you're like interesting. It's like takes a while to get into it, and then you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, Clockwork Orange, awesome. This p- perspective of someone who's sadistic, but you like him anyway. Mm. Um, love that. And love you those movies. feel that it's his free will to feel the way he does, and yeah. even if it's taken away, it's not right. What about, have you seen? Blue Velvet by David Lynch. No. Blue Velvet. I like. It was not my favourite movie at all. And I actually probably wouldn't watch it, like, over and over again. It's, like, really good, but it's, like... I don't know, there's something about it. It's good, though. But mm. it's pretty much, like, yeah, there's this... In this small town, and really weird stuff goes on. Okay. Um, I, sounds good. I like movies about small towns where really weird stuff so, goes on. And there's this... Because there's as this, a child, growing up in a small town, I always really wanted there to be yeah, weird stuff But this going is, on. like, <laughs> fucked. But there's this, no. like... This, there's this one scene where this, it's not like a spoiler, but this girl is like dancing on top of a car whilst mm. these guys, this guy's getting beaten up and like yeah. this weird music is playing yeah. and it's just, yeah. Love it. Yeah. It's, love it. Yeah. Like love weirdly, it. like, it's just know, like, like, I love things that are just so kind of like randomly slipped into movies where it's like you interpret it how you, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how yeah. to explain that, but I, I do love, like, I romanticise everything. As we've talked about how certain shows tend to romanticise bad things, like, mm-hmm. I really like that. Well, talking of Killing Eve, the same mm-hmm. actor, she... Have you seen Sideways? No. It's really good. It's, um... What's her name? Her name is Sandra O. Yeah. She... Um, pretty much sideways, this guy has depression and his friends... Have you seen George of the Jungle? George in the Jungle? The, like, 90s movie? Oh, no. Oh, well, there's a guy, him and this other, this guy has depression. They go on, like, a wine tour in the country. And, um, pretty much they meet these other girls, Sandra, like, um, Sandra O and this Mm. other girl. Um, and yeah, it's just about this guy and he, I don't know, he's really cynical in the world. And he goes on this wine tour. And it's pretty much just him on a wine tour and he changes his perspective and meets oh, a woman. Cool. Yeah. It's like... Is it, like, dark or is it, like... No. It's, oh, okay, like, re- even though... Yeah, he, yeah, it's a comedy, but yeah. um, it's my stepdad's favourite film and I reckon he's probably seen it 200 times. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, we're walking, we're like, what are you watching? Sideways. <laughs> Same thing. Oh, you know what my guilty pleasure movies are like Uh-oh. something that I just love that is just so <laughs> mm. like trash but I love it is like Seth Rogen and Jonah Hill movies oh yeah yeah I love Seth Rogen super bad yeah knocked up um, um I love this is the end yeah just I love trash comedies like that I know that yeah and I feel like they're actually hard to pull off well yeah you they're couldn't gonna, make them now no because they're so, 
they're so like they're so <laughs> sexist yeah. like like I wouldn't want anyone to be able to make that now yeah. but I still think I'm allowed to enjoy them well like <laughs> Catherine Hegel's her like career was um completely like cancelled because she spoke out about how like she um didn't like knocked up and didn't like those roles that she was yeah. given mm. which are true she was given like really sexist roles but in a way like she was given sexist roles but in a way like i I like those movies because i think that she her character was feminist exactly i think she did and if you do watch Grey's anatomy which she was very young in Mm. she's her same exact role she has that really strong um yeah Mm. role in that female role juno oh yeah (laughs) another basic one why like i feel very actually now insecure about my favorite no, movies because that they're, they're cla- but they are they're, they're so white. <laughs> <laughs> classic, yeah. So are mine, but mine are like old man white. Yeah, yeah. true. <laughs> Elephant man. <laughs> I feel that I feel that our TV recommendations were more diverse. All of my favorite movies are similar. Yeah, Juno. I love it because um it shows a teenager and rather than interacting with high school which is what every teen movie shows us mm-hmm. it shows a teenager interacting with the adult world yeah like it and was Jason very Bateman's in it. is that the guy like that's the, the dad. dad yeah yeah and um Juno's character is a character who is like you know she's not she's not that quirk like I don't yeah. want to I don't want to say like oh you know Juno's a quirky character so mm-hmm. she's like relatable but like I'm just saying that She's a character that we don't normally see on the screen. So yeah. it's like good. And especially, I love the way where um, she befri- befriends an older man. And yep. to her, it's like, to her, it's a friendship because she is, because she has the similar interests mm-hmm. that obviously not many people that she knows share. Yeah. It really shows some things that people would normally shame teenage girls for. Like, mm-hmm. why are you hanging out with an older man? Or. Mm-hmm. Why are you having unprotected sex? But it really shows the innocence in all that. And you can still be a good, like, you can be an innocent person. And, like, you know, that, like, it doesn't show, like, the usual trope of getting pregnant and, like... And I think it's got to do with, like, intention as well. Like, the innocence and intention. Yeah. You know, like, she didn't intend to get pregnant. She didn't intend... mm. She, like you said, her point of view with hanging out with him was he's a cool friend. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And um, whether he idolised, whether she idolised him or not, that's a different story, mm-hmm. you know? Um, have you seen the movie Philadelphia? Philadelphia. Philadelphia. It's, it's no. um, got Tom Hanks and Denzel Washington in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's about a lawyer in Philadelphia mm-hmm. and he um, has AIDS, but people don't know that he's gay. Yeah. And then so they do find out and he is wrongfully dismissed from his law firm oh. because his law firm is homophobic. Oh, okay. And then he hires a homophobic lawyer, played by Denzel Washington, to um, defend him. <laughs> yeah, and like it's pretty much <laughs> how awesome. Denzel Washington like comes to realise that um, he's wrong. He's yeah. really wrong. Um, but yeah, also that Tom Hanks is really good in that. It's really like... It will make grown men cry. This movie, wow. it's really cool. Wow, I'm gonna yeah. write that down. Have you seen yeah. Big Little Lies? No, but I've heard of it, and oh. me and my mum really want to watch it. I've got. I should give you the deep. We've got this. Oh, set. really? But it is. It's like something really good to watch. Like I watched it with my mum, and it was like the soundtrack is amazing. Mm-hmm. One of the last episodes, they do all of them like sing a cover of like sing. An Elv- yeah Elvis Presley. 
um song and yeah. like yeah it's all it's really good and nicole kidman in it she's fantastic she's in an abusive relationship in it okay. so it shows that he and he crosses a line of them um playing around and being aggressive to him actually just being abusive oh, okay. yeah and he's like really controlling yeah. but they're like really wealthy and they all have kids so it's all like yeah. all their kids go to school mm. and 100 percent um i think it's it. like i think um there's uh, more representation of women in their middle ages are mm-hmm. coming to our screens, which is good yeah. because, you know, in society we really dismiss women once they reach a certain age. Yeah. Like, there's a use-by date put on our re- relevance, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is horrible. And now there's, like, shows, wine country, like, bad moms, yeah. like, um, what's this one called? Pretty Little... Uh, <laughs> Big, Big Little Lies. lies. Yeah. Like, um, I think it's awesome. There's amazing stories to tell. Yeah. About and people, like, no matter what age they are. are, the best actors to do it, and at the mm. best age to do it as yes. well. Like Laura Dern and like yes. Reese Witherspoon, they're just yeah. yeah. Laura Dern's amazing in that as well. Um, yeah, is she in Little Women? Yeah, yeah. Um, she's have you mom. seen that? And she's also in Blue Velvet when she's really young. Oh. Um, yeah, I have seen Little Women, and it's really good. Yeah, I liked it. Even like my cousin saw it, and he like it's just for everyone. Yeah. Do yeah. you have favourite characters? I <laughs> like the one that plays the piano. Is her name Beth? Beth. The young one that... The, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kicks the bucket. Yeah, yeah, okay. Interesting. Well, That's good. she's, she's not my favourite, but I like one. her. She's like the... But I also like Saoirse. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I didn't know anything about Little Women until I saw this movie. Same. I didn't, like, read... Yeah, I wasn't, like, a Little Women girl. Yeah, neither. I, um, I very much enjoyed the storylines of both Joe mm-hmm. Sersha and I'm gonna forget her name now <laughs> um Florence Pugh's character okay yeah yeah Amy? obviously I love Amy, that yeah. Isn't it? yeah obviously I love the Amy and Timothy Chamelet yeah. love story like yeah. how could I not to flip it flip it everything on its head mm-hmm. what's a movie that you hate Absolutely. I mean, despised. I don't hate it, but I definitely don't think that Bohemian Rhapsody is a good film. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to sound like a snob, but like, mm. I think it's pretty much common knowledge that the editing is atrocious, yeah. despite it winning a, an award. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of videos that you can search up of evidence of how unmotivated a lot of the cuts are and everything. Yeah. Um, but I also didn't. It focused like obviously Freddie Mercury is such a fascinating figure. Yeah. But I think it try. I felt it was try hard. Mm-hmm. Like, I felt it was, like, trying to be, like, a quirky band movie. Yeah. And I think they put too much effort into, like, showing Freddie's nuances mm-hmm. to the point where it looked, like, really just try hard. Yeah. And I thought, like, they didn't... We hardly knew the other members of the band. Like, yeah. it's called Bohemian Rhapsody and it's about... Is it just about Freddie? Freddie? Yeah. But it's, like, what about the... Like, is it about Queen or is it about... Freddie, Freddie, because yeah. to me it was about Freddie and I would have liked to know like who else can contribute yeah. contributed to the amazing music. Exactly. Not to discredit like him. No. He, he's, he was amazing. But yeah. um, and I also thought like of it like the live aid performance part was mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. Like they did a good job, yeah. Yeah. It was just great to watch and you felt like you were there. Yeah. And, um, but I just think, like, it was also really fast. Like, everything happened really fast. Mm-hmm. I think they were, like, trying to be a band movie mm-hmm. about Freddie to the point where they forgot about, like, 
having real depth to the yeah. movie. Yeah. And I thought also there was this section where it's like a montage of all their tours, but they to do the montage they use like graphics, like animated graphics on the screen yeah. and I hated that. Yeah. I thought that was really tacky, but I suppose that's just an artistic choice. Like yeah. it was a bit tacky, wasn't it? It was like some eighties Queen fan made it. Yeah. And <laughs> I just feel like I never got to know him any better. Like I don't yeah. feel like I knew Freddie from watching that. I just felt like I didn't know anything more about Queen. I re I don't know why I have an issue but with um Planet of the Apes. Oh, okay. TV series and movie. Okay. TV series makes me want to vomit. Like, yeah. they creep me out too much. Um, and the movies, I don't know, they always just gave me this weird feel. It's the same feeling that, like, Transformers gave me. Oh, I do not like Transformers. Yeah, I don't know or what like they... Or, like, Fast and Furious and Oh, stuff. do you like that? I have that? a soft spot for Fast and Furious. Tokyo Drift, best one. Just I like the song. Throw it out there. Which one? I wonder if you know how to live in Tokyo. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's a banger. Have you seen I, Tonya? Yeah. How good is that? Do you like good. it? Yeah. Margot Robbie was good. Mm -hmm. She's not my favourite actor. Okay. But um, I think she was good and she, I think she, yeah. No, it's good. I like the style of it. Yeah. I think if it wasn't filmed in the style that it was... Maybe in lacking a little bit, but the way it was, like with the videotapes and everything. Yeah, like I that, thought I that, that was awesome. awesome, and I yeah. thought it was so funny. Like, and then when how she comes with the gun each other. and stuff like that, he yeah. was. I actually just oh. feel bad for her. He, she had a really yeah. hard time, and he was disgusting. Yeah. All right, I think we've talked for probably over quite two a while. Hours. How, yeah. how long? Would you say? No, like, I would say longer it's than fifty-one, and we started three and a half hours. I think we've been. Oh talking. my god. Mm. It's now dark and we started yeah. with full light. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your mates and for updates about the podcast, follow at Jess Jade on Instagram. That's at J-E-S-S-J-A-A-D-E and at you and you underscore podcast on Twitter. Congratulations if you made it all the way to the end of part two as well as It's been a long one. road. It really, it's been a journey. It's been mm. quite a journey. We've gone from a clockwork orange to... Planet vs. the Apes. No, that's not the name of it. <laughs> See, that's why I hate it so much. Alien, aliens vs. Monsters. <laughs> so if there's anything that we touched on that you want to hear in another episode, then definitely... Give us a hoy. Give us a... Hoy. Yeah. I look forward to bringing you more insightful conversations with creative people, so keep your eye out for the next episode. Thanks for listening.